Fantastic. Are you well? Praise God. All right, let's get into it tonight. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of Mark. The book of Mark. Who loves the Word of God? Five people. Book of Mark, chapter 6, verse 45. I've titled my message tonight, Go Deeper. Go Deeper. Turn the person next to you and say, I'm going to go deeper tonight. Go Deeper. Sam's last will and testament, his nurse, his wife, his daughter, and his three sons were with him. He asked for two witnesses to be present to make sure everything was done in official order. And a tape recorder was brought to record his last wishes. And he began in his broken, frail voice. My son Mick, I want you to take Latrobe Terrace, all the houses that are there, they're yours. My daughter Mia, you are to take the houses on the hill of Ascot. My son Paul, I want you to take the offices on Walker Avenue, Tenerife. And my third son Scott, please take all of the residential buildings on Park Street. Well, the nurses and the witnesses were blown away. They did not realise the extensive holdings. And as Sam slipped away, the nurse turned to his wife and said, your husband must have been such a hard-working man to have accumulated all of this property. His wife rolled her eyes and said the twit had a paper round. It didn't go down that well, all right. Who knows what a paper round is? All the old people. <laughs> you know, church, we have a rich heritage. Come on. Our Heavenly Father is full of blessing and wisdom and strength. The Bible says in Ephesians, Paul writes in Ephesians 3 verse 8, Although I'm less than the least of all of God's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles, Gentiles the boundless riches of Jesus Christ. Church, we have great riches in God. Come on, if you believe it, say amen. Not little riches, great riches. And I believe sometimes we don't understand the fullness of that by actually not understanding the depth that God wants you and I to go to. I think many times we flit upon the surface when it comes to our faith. But God has got wonderful things for you and I. And I want to have a look at that tonight. In Mark chapter 6, verse 45, this is after the feeding of the multitude. I believe this was a moment of revelation for the disciples where Jesus was challenging them to go deeper with Him. And we know this story well. They just fed the multitude and Jesus had asked them to go to the other side of the lake. They jumped into the boat while He was off there seeking His Father. And we pick up the story in Mark chapter 6, verse 45, it says, Now immediately, Jesus made His disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of Him to Bethsaida, where He dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, He went up to the mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake and He was alone on the land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, He went out to them walking on the lake. 
He was about to pass by them, but when they saw Him walking on the lake, they thought He was a ghost. They cried out because then they all saw Him and were terrified. Immediately He spoke to them and He said, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Then He climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. They were completely amazed for they had not understood the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. When they crossed over, they landed at Jerenaset and they anchored there. And as soon as they got out of the boat, the people recognised Jesus. They ran throughout that whole region, carrying the sick on mats to wherever they heard He was and wherever He went into villages, towns or countryside. They placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged Him to let them touch even the edge of His cloak. And all who touched it were healed. All who touched it were healed. You know, we often get these pictures of Jesus and you may have seen them. When I was in Europe just a few months ago, I saw them throughout some of the very old and ancient churches. Jesus, meek and mild. We see storybooks of Him with lambs on stained glass windows. And that's all good. And we have a God who's calm and who loves us. But there is also a time that God is going to freak you out. There are times that God is actually going to absolutely blow your mind. There are days that He wants to grab your attention. Your experience of Him, my encounter with Him, is not meant to be vanilla. It's not meant to be demure, just in the background, the lacking moments of awe and wonder. God wants to surprise us and give us moments of encounter with Him that absolutely blow our mind. Come on, who knows what I'm talking about today? That day when they saw Him, they forgot about the storm. That day that they had an encounter with Him, they forgot about their straining. They forgot about their little issues. They forgot about their frustrations. He became front and centre focus of their lives. And I do believe that that day, the disciples who'd walked with Him, the disciples who'd saw Him do miracles, I believe that day, they saw Him in a new light. Sometimes you and I need to have a reminder about seeing Jesus in a new light. I wanna tackle this passage tonight on this last phrase that I love right at the end. They were completely amazed for they had not understood about the lows, their hearts were hardened. The Bible says that this whole encounter left them amazed. He sent them ahead of Him. He found them straining at the oars. They see Him walking on water. It's interesting that word amazed means to be thrown out of position. Here Jesus sets up a scenario where His disciples are completely thrown out of their position. This whole experience has completely thrown them. Have you ever been thrown in life? Have you ever had your plans and your purposes and your dreams and all of a sudden you have an encounter and experience and it completely throws everything out of the water? And we have the disciples go through this experience. Church, it's not a touchy-feely one. It's a terrifying one. And the Bible says that they were straining under the weight of what He is asking them to do. They are completely thrown by this experience with Jesus. 
And the answer that Mark gives is very simply, they were thrown because they didn't understand the lows. The word understanding there in the Greek means to join together. They couldn't piece it all together. They get a miracle with Him on the mountainside. They see Him feeding the multitude. They see Him delivering people and healing the sick. They see all of those types of things. He tells them to go out on the lake. He's out there praying. Next minute, He's walking on water. All of these experiences, they can't actually piece it all together. And because of that, they are completely Throne. Let me say this tonight, God wants you and I to piece all the experiences that we've had together so that we understand the journey that He's taking us on. But they couldn't work it out because they didn't understand the lows. They didn't piece it all together. Now the scholars would say that the miracle of the lows was more than just a supernatural encounter. It was the chief shepherd providing for his sheep, not just another miracle, but Jehovah Jireh, their provider, Jesus operating in His call and purpose. And so they jump into this moment of provision where they see the miraculous provision of God. And then the Bible says that they get in the boat and the Bible says that He passes them by. You know, it's not the first time that God had bypassed people in the Word of God. The Bible says in Moses in Exodus chapter 33, verse 18 to 19, that Moses said, show me your glory. The Lord said, I'll cause all my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name, the Lord in your presence. And I'll have mercy on whom I have mercy and I'll have compassion on whom I have compassion. Moses is not asking God to fix something. Moses is not asking God to sort an issue out. Moses is saying, I want you to pass me by because I want to go deeper with you and have a greater encounter with you. In Elijah, 1 Kings, we see Elijah defeated, depressed. He's taken a hit. Jezebel's after him. God does more than a miracle. God could have sorted that out. Elijah needs a deeper revelation of God. The Bible says that God said to him in 1 Kings 19 verse 11, go stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord for the Lord is about to pass by. In other words, Elijah, you need a deeper revelation of God. Jesus' goodness is shown on the mountain and yet His closeness, His closeness is revealed in the lake. And church, this threw them. They got all anxious. They got all freaked out because they couldn't piece it all together. What's the point of this story? Very simply, they didn't know Him as they should have. They didn't know Him as they should have. They'd walked with Him, they'd talked with Him, they'd seen the miracles, but in the reality, they really didn't understand who they were dealing with. This encounter with Jesus on the lake, church is not an encounter of provision or a knowledge of an experience, or a knowledge of empowerment. I'm gonna help you to conquer the storm. But a simple knowledge of God. There is a difference between experiencing His goodness and actually knowing Him. There's a difference. There are many Christians that just want to experience His goodness. Just give me the blessing. Just let me feel your presence versus actually knowing who He is. Come on, who knows what I'm talking about tonight? Going deeper with Him, 
getting a revelation of Jesus in the storm. I wanna ask you today, how well do you know Him? When God passes by Moses or when God passes by Elijah, wasn't an example of fixing a physical need or fixing an issue of resolving a problem. It was an encounter for intimacy, an opportunity to draw closer, an abandonment of life's strainings and struggles. Each one of these encounters was an encounter for communion and fellowship, an encounter to go closer, to go deeper, to go further, to be in a place with God that they haven't walked in before. I would say this to you tonight, that I believe to know Him is the ultimate in life. It's the ultimate in life. You can be fruitful and effective. You can earn money, all those types of things. God can bless you in ministry. God can bless you in what you've been called to do. But to know Him, to know Him is the ultimate in life. To understand the character behind the provision is greater than the provision itself. We often go for the lows, but I think sometimes we miss the purpose of the lows. And then when we are in a storm, we struggle at the oars. Ever wonder this about the disciples? How can you come out of a major miracle where you see God feeding the thousands and you go, this is one of the greatest miracles we've ever seen. And then they're on the lake and they're freaking out and they completely lose their faith. They go from 100 to zero in just a short amount of time. Church, I know Christians that are like that. They come out of a moment of provision. Ah, and the next minute they're in a storm. Oh, God has left me. It's not the way that God wants us to be, amen? Going from 100 to zero to 100 to zero, there's gotta be consistency. A consistency in the storm that we know that He never leaves us. Most people live their faith life like that. Or are we straining? Are we straining in what God is wanting us to do? Life should not be this type of strain. We strain at the oars. Remember, He told them to get in the boat. He told them to cross over the other side of the lake. Church, it wasn't a big task. It wasn't like, I want now you to feed 10,000. I now want you to produce 400 miracles. I now want you to raise 50 people from the dead. It was very simply, get to the other side of the lake. They didn't struggle in ministry. They struggled in the very basics of life. And what this tells me is that life is a struggle without a healthy knowledge of Him. Life is a struggle. Your Christianity is a struggle. Doing what God has asked you to do is a struggle. When you don't have a healthy revelation and knowledge of the Lord Jesus, every storm, every tempest, every struggle will put you on edge. If our faith is purely a provisional faith, then we are shallow in our faith. If He doesn't provide, we fall apart. But to know Him, that's the greatest purpose. I want to show you this picture that I saw the other day on the, uh, on the internet, single house standing in the midst of complete ruins. Right. The reality is that it was one of the, the hurricanes, I think, that happened in Florida. Everything else got wiped out. When the, uh, uh, when the builders, when the owners of that particular house built the house, they decided to go deep with their, with their, deep with their foundations. They went deeper than the regulations demanded. They went further than what the government expected. Not only did they go deep, 
but they documented and they researched every bolt, every screw, the quality of the concrete mix, right down to the very last detail they built the house. Now the building code in Florida is very, very strict because of the weather patterns. But these guys wanted to go deeper. They say that they were building this house for what they call was the big one. One day the big one is going to come. Everyone was like, ah, big ones aren't going to come. I will prepare for the little one. But these guys go, you know what? Based on the stats, we reckon the big one is going to come. And the reality is when everything else fell apart, their house actually stood. Church, I began to think about me knowing my foundations, knowing my foundations of my salvation, knowing my foundations about the goodness of God, knowing my foundations of understanding the breakthroughs that God wants to have in my life, knowing my foundations when it comes to my morality and actually living a godly life, actually knowing right to the very last detail, when you go deep with God, when you start to research, when you start to commit your life to saying, God, you know what? I just don't want to experience you, but I want to go deep with you. When the big one comes. Because one day it will come. No, there's no big ones in Brisbane. There's no big ones. When it comes, the foundations are there. Foundations are there because you've gone deep with God. The psalmist puts it this way. Trust in the Lord, Proverbs 3 verse 5 to 8. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways submit to Him and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. You know, that word literally means to level out the paths of life. That when you trust Him, He levels out your journey. I love the literal translation. Let me read this. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and swerve from evil. Let it be healing for your flesh and balm to your bones. Come on, isn't that a great Scripture? Healing to your flesh and balm to your bones. I want to give you a couple of ideas of what actually going deeper actually means. Number one, going deeper means to go beyond the surface. That's pretty obvious, isn't it? To go deeper means to go beyond the surface. The Bible says they saw Him, but they didn't recognise Him. They saw Him means to perceive with the eyes, not to perceive with any other faculty. They didn't perceive in faith. They didn't perceive in the Spirit. They didn't even perceive in a deeper understanding of what was going on. In the ocean, straining at the oars, the Bible says they only perceived Him with their eyes. In other words, their perception and their understanding was only skin deep. Church, we've got to go beyond what we see, what we hear, what we feel, what we smell, what we touch. Faith is more than these things. Church, faith comes from a different place. Some of the greatest times that God has moved in my life is when I have not felt it. I haven't smelt it. I haven't felt it. I haven't seen it. Nothing. And yet I've gone, you know what? Faith doesn't come from this. 
Faith comes from a different place. And I'm going to step out in faith regardless of how I feel because I understand that we serve a God that honours faith more so than what we feel. The Bible says that faith comes from the Word. Faith comes from hearing. We know the Scripture well and hearing from the Word of God. We often stop at hearing. So faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. We often stop at hearing. We hear the storm. We hear people. We hear issues. We hear voices in our head. Come on, who knows what I'm talking about tonight? We hear all of these different types of things. Church, that is not going to build faith. Hearing comes from the Word of God. Right? Don't stop at hearing. Go deeper. Every time the disciples would ask about who Jesus was, He would refer to the Word. He would say, I am who I am. When I don't feel Him, I go to the Word. I love this, what David says in Psalm 92, verse 5 to 6. He says, How great are your works, God. How profound are your thoughts. Senseless people do not know and fools do not understand. Let me read that again. How great are your works, Lord. How profound are your thoughts. Senseless people do not know and fools do not understand. Right? His works are wonderful, but His thoughts towards us, church, are profound. profound. You know what that literal translation means? It literally means your designs for my life are deep. Your designs for my life are not shallow. Your purpose for me is not skin deep. Your purpose for my life and where you want to take me is not just on the surface, but your designs, your architecture, the things that you want to do in my life goes deep. God has got deep things for you and I, praise God. Not surface things, not weak things. Deep things. Strong things. Designs for us are deep. The second one is this, to go deeper means that your conclusions are going to change. Your conclusions are going to change. Now the Bible says that when they saw Him, they thought, they thought. The King James says they supposed. In other words, they jumped to conclusions. Have you ever jumped to conclusions? If you don't want to live life straining and freaking out in your faith, then going deeper means that your conclusions are going to change. What does that mean? Your interpretation of life's events needs to be revisited. You see, going deeper with Jesus, developing deep foundations, it will change your conclusions about what is happening or what is about to happen in your life. Now, the Bible says they supposed that he was a ghost. They supposed it was a ghost. He's walking, ah, he's a ghost. He goes, no fear, it's I. And now they supposed, I, mean, I don't even know what they supposed. They go, who is this man? That even the seas and the ocean and the wind obey him. Their conclusion about what happened their conclusion about Jesus completely changed as a result of that moment. You know, one of the big conclusions that I think is incredibly powerful, and if you get anything out of this message tonight, I pray it's this point, is that God often undoes my previous conclusions in life. When you go deeper with Jesus, 
and you've made a conclusion about how you failed in that area and how you made a conclusion about how He left you and how you made a conclusion about how that moment in your life was a failure and was a disaster. When you go deeper with Jesus, He starts to undo those conclusions. He starts to unravel those things and say, you think I wasn't with you? I was always with you. You thought that that was a moment of failure. I was actually challenging you to go deeper with me. You thought that that moment there was to kill you and to destroy you. No, it wasn't. It was there to build something in your faith. It was there to build a ministry out of you. It was there to turn something around. It was there to deal with a weakness and a challenge and a moment of of trouble. When you go deeper with Him, He starts to undo your conclusions. Many times we get so locked into, oh, you know, this has happened and that happened and that was a result of that and that was a result of that. You know, as the older I get, the more I realise I don't know. When I was 17, I knew everything. Knew everything. You get to close to 50, you go, I know nothing. Right? When I get to 80, I'll know nothing at all. But the reality is, is that the desire to learn and the desire for the Holy Spirit to undo some of the surface conclusions that we've made in life. Right? God wants you and I to go deep in with Him. And out of that, He wants to undo some of the things that the enemy has bound us up on. Come on. You know, I've shared this story before in this church. My wife, when she was younger, she was abused. For years, it was a dark secret. Went through sexual abuse when she was young. Years. It was a thing that bound her and kept her and was the prison that she couldn't break out of. One day she had an encounter with God. One day someone had a, 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 a word over her life, a private word, a, a word of knowledge. And out of that began to unlock the things that the enemy wanted to keep secret. The reality is growing up, she had a conclusion about herself that she was worthless and that she was useless and that God could never fix the fractured moment. Oh, she came to church and she'd be smiling and <laughs> But inside, she was messed up on the inside. But then one day, God said, I'm going to start to undo those conclusions. God said, one day, I'm going to start to undo the things that you've thought about yourself, that you've thought about your future, that you can never have a great marriage, that you can never be anyone of worth. And God began to do a healing work in her life. The reality is now that the very thing that was a, a, a season of brokenness, a devastating season, God has now turned that around where it is a strength in her ministry. Our marriage is stronger because God undid those conclusions. How do you see the times that you failed? How do you interpret the valleys of your life? The conclusions that I have that are not producing faith or building me up. I need to know Him more. You know what? I've realised this in life. If my conclusions have left me discouraged, disappointed and in despair, then maybe I need to dig a little bit more with the Lord. If my conclusions have left me discouraged, disappointment or in despair, if I think about some of these moments and I see them that the enemy has won, then maybe it's time for me to get a new revelation of Jesus Christ. Maybe it's time for me to go deeper with God. He changed the conclusions. The third one is this. I finished with this one. To go deeper means to go further. Right? What was the disciples' furtherer? They went from terrified 
too amazed. There was always a progression forward. It means that they were troubled. The Bible says now they were sore amazed. Not just amazed, sore amazed. You know what the Strong Dictionary says about sore amazed? Strong's Dictionary is one of the oldest dictionaries in the, uh, you know, that's been birthed. But it uses a word that is a today's word. It literally says the word insane. Now, as they went from terrified to going, this is insane. Yeah. Now, you may not know what a paper round is, but surely you know what the word insane is. <laughs> they went from completely terrified to going, this is insane. Unbelievable. The whole experience was insane. But they were richer for it. It had thrown them. It had messed them up. It took them from a valley from 100 down to zero. Went straight back up to them, 100 again. But it was insane. And what I believe God was doing with them was challenging them to get a fresh revelation of Him. To go deeper with Him. To go for a new depth with Him. Doesn't matter how well you've known Him. Church, it doesn't matter how well you have known him. Disciples, they walked with him. Probably knew him better than you and I did. Physically with them. But even that wasn't enough. And in the storm, Jesus was inviting them to go deeper with him. And they went from being terrified to going, this experience was insane. 